Welcome to the Newscape Higher Ed Podcast, featuring your hosts, Don Betts and Mark Stansberry. This podcast is brought to you by Newscape Higher Ed Advisors, helping university leaders effectively serve their faculty, staff, students, and community. Visit newscape.us to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Newscape Higher Ed Advisors. I'm Mark Stansberry. Yeah, and I'm Don Betts. Today, uh, we have a guest. Don, if you'll introduce our guest of Newscape Higher Ed Advisors. Well, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate the opportunity to make this introduction and to welcome everyone back to to Newscape and Higher Ed Advisors. I was thinking the other day, Mark, that it's been almost two and a half years that we have been able to get together this way with some outstanding members of the uh, national academic community, people who think a great deal about higher education and doing wonderful work. And I can tell you, um, based on experience, that our guest today certainly falls in, in that kind of company. Um, I'm going to take just a moment, Mark, to, to introduce Dr. Terry Brown to our, to our listeners. Um, Terry is the Vice President uh, for Academic Innovation and Transformation in a national organization called the American Association of State Colleges and Universities, known by its acronym ASCU. And I've asked Terry to say a little bit about that once we introduce her. She oversees a particularly significant part of the work of ASCU to assist the members to fulfill their academic mission in four critical areas, civic engagement, student success, teacher education, and international education. And Terry is a, is a proven professional Uh, Her work over 25 years in the University of Wisconsin system, where she was a faculty member, uh, department chair, dean, et cetera, at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. And then she went to the University of Wisconsin Parkside and served as provost. And then she left Wisconsin, made her way to New York, to the State University of New York system at Fredonia, where she served very effectively as provost prior to coming to ask you about about two and a half years ago. Uh, Terry is an advocate for accessible, affordable public higher education, and she's done that through her entire career. Her background in terms of her credentials, again, equally impressive. Her bachelor's degree in English with a minor in biology from Virginia Tech, followed by her master's in English from the same institution, and her PhD in English University of Florida. And I will tell you that she's also someone that I've had the opportunity to work with uh, for many years. And I'm just so pleased she could join us. So welcome, uh, Terry Brown. Thank you, Don. I appreciate and Mark as well. Thank you for this invitation to be part of this conversation and to talk to, to you about something that I'm very passionate about. Well, it's your passion that impressed me many years ago and continues to um animate those around you. But I would like if to, for our guests today, if you would talk a little bit briefly, an overview ask you, and particularly this unique unit that you are responsible for, academic innovation and transformation. Well, I'd be glad to tell you about it. Uh, ASCU has a membership of uh, almost 400 colleges and, and universities. They're regional public universities. Uh, these are the, the institutions that are uh, serving America's uh, new majority. They are uh, institutions of opportunity and uh, access 
and they are really, I believe, key to America's future. And that's what makes me excited about doing this work. My unit, the our unit, is the uh, uh, academic innovation and transformation, and uh, we're focused on the typical work done within a division of academic affairs. But I think the title says a lot about how we see that work, that we're emphasizing innovation and transformation. We're not talking about making sure that we maintain the status quo in academic affairs. Um, instead, we're talk what we do is we think about how we might rethink the work that we do in classrooms and beyond to help students um, along their pathway to degree and then beyond that into meaningful careers and meaningful lives. Um, so we we emphasize innovation and we em emphasize transformation and the transformation happens at the student level, but it also happens at the institutional level. So we work very closely with our campuses, our members to help them through the difficult process of change um, particularly change that leads to, to deep and sustained transformation of the institution, which I believe is necessary now if we're going to thrive and um, it, particularly given um, the challenges that institutions face. I, uh, I, I'm sitting here nodding, um, affirming what you had to say, and it reminded me uh, that you are really one of the clear voices in national public higher education now, Terry, articulating the issues that must be addressed as we come out of this unusual two plus year period in COVID and actually reframe and redesign what we're about. And, and I wonder if you would just speak a little bit about that um, dimension, which is the challenges that public higher education, which I know you're passionate about, faces uh, post COVID. When we look at America's uh, American higher education and we look particularly at state colleges and universities, particularly the sector that we serve at ASCU. So we're not talking about the research ones and the, and the flagships. We're talking about smaller regional universities. Uh, these are institutions that are teaching, in some, some cases as a group, many more institutions than a lot of elite institutions or, um, uh, or uh, even, the, even the flagships. But they have a whole different set of challenges. The pandemic has partic been particularly hard on them, on their enrollments. Um, they they are a, a need to adjust to uh, demographic changes in where, in some cases, they're in regions like where I was in Western. New York, where we were seeing a precipitous fall in the number of high school graduates that was forcing us to rethink who we were serving. And uh, we're seeing this across our membership that institutions are now, some institutions that have been primarily residential, uh, primarily face-to-face, -face, are now needing to innovate and rethink their operations so that they can reach Adults who have some college, no degree, adults who may be thinking about going back to college, those institutions have to think about how they deliver their, their curriculum, how do they deliver their services. So th this is some of the, the kinds of conversations that are happening 
um, and, and the work that's happening on our, on our campuses. So responding to the enrollment challenge um, as, as an impact, one of the impacts of the, the pandemic. That enrollment challenge is particularly difficult, has been particularly hard on community colleges where the numbers have fallen off and those four-year campuses are members who are, rely heavily on community, community colleges for transfers have to be much more aggressive in recruiting and retaining tra transfer students. Um, that's why uh, at ASCU, we're working with the Aspen Institute, um, working with about 30 institutions, these are two-year and four-year, to help them reinvent their transfer policies and practices so that their their that transfer becomes much more seamless. Now that's just an example. I mean, other other areas of enrollment that have hit our campuses are, of course, in the area of inter international students, as you know well, Don. Um, uh, our our student our campuses are asking, will the international students come back? What can we do to make sure that they feel um, that they to do? What can we do to recruit them? What can we do to retain them and make sure that they feel uh, that they're they're welcome and that they are able to achieve their goals? But the Major challenges our campuses are facing are will will be financial. Um, the money for COVID was help helpful, of course, uh, and substantial, but there will be a fall off, and our campuses will need to adjust to the new realities. So we're helping our provosts evaluate their program array to make sure that it is responsive to the needs of students, responsive to the needs of the employers. Um, and that's very difficult work for provosts to lead on a campus and highly political. Uh, so there's, I think, lots of dimensions to this. And I didn't even mention this completely new attitude toward online learning on our campuses. We're seeing that where faculty it, in many cases had resisted teaching online, uh, they now have a, are, have a very different attitude toward on, online learning. Uh, many now are saying that they would pre prefer to be online or teach online. So gives you a sense of what's happening in the academic area, arena. There's other dimensions, of course, to this um, now that society is much more complicated than it was before the pandemic. Your your um, overview of the challenges regarding enrollment, including international, I think was particularly appropriate. You really did cover the waterfront in a dramatically uh, a dramatic way, and I appreciate you touching all of those points. I, I would like, before I pass it over to Mark for uh, his comments and questions, I would like to ask you to comment a bit about one of the four units, um, four focuses of of uh, academic innovation and transformation that I have found to be incredibly successful throughout its years, and that is the focus on civic engagement. Would you would you t tell the listeners a bit about perhaps the American Democracy Project and this phraseology I've heard you use before about we're educating global citizens? Yes. Well, so uh, twenty years ago, we a, a group of um, Provosts uh, and who were thinking, I think, very wisely about the future and could see some of the signs of uh, fracturing in our uh, uh, in our American democracy and the kind of the reading the signals. Um, our 
ASCU decided to really make a focus of civic engagement and developed something called the American Democracy Project. And this is it's a nonpartisan uh, uh, program and, and initiative in order to assist campuses in doing the, the, the work of, of civic engagement. In fact, I was I was involved in this when it began the work that I, I was a campus leader at the time and involved when it began. And it helped reorient my work with my students so that I was really thinking about what was the what would be the impact of this course on their development as thoughtful citizens and engaged citizens. And so what I like to say is that we're at ASCU are helping our institutions with their mi mission to prepare globally engaged citizens. They define what that looks like, but we help them in that work by providing various tools and um, support for their leadership. We have developed over time partnerships with various um, organizations like uh, a group called Collaboratory that's helping us to, um, to measure the impact of a a campus's civic engagement. Uh, but we've also had partnerships with institutions and faculty, Keene State, for example, where they developed a um, way, a tool that diagnoses the ideological poles in a classroom and um, to help to help bring out into the open and, and make it clear that not everyone in a classroom is thinking alike and that there are uh, that there's there's a spectrum of um, ideologies that might be in play in a, in a classroom and to help faculty make room for multiple perspectives um, and make uh, which is, I think, what campuses need to model for the rest of society that you can have civil disagreements about issues that matter deeply to people. Um, so that's the kind of work that we've done. Most recently, uh, uh, a week ago, we engaged 20 provosts from minority serving institutions for a conversation about democracy and America's racial reckoning. And it was a very uh, important conversation about the challenges of leading on campuses at this moment in America's in America's history, both the racial reckoning that has happened since the, the murder of George Floyd and then its backlash and just talking, uh, talking to them about how they make sure that they lead their campuses in a way uh, where these kinds of issues can be talked about uh, openly and candidly without people uh, fearing and students fearing that there might be um, uh, a, a backlash to what, what, what they might be saying. So how do we preserve, you know, this is the difficulty. How do you preserve freedom of speech and academic freedom at the same time that you make sure that you have an inclusive campus? These are the things they're struggling with. And again, um, the, the issues are 
are dramatic and significant. And, and again, I'm so pleased that ASCU has uh, these issues squarely in their in their agenda. When you speak about um, nurturing and informed citizenry, it reminds me of comments that I've heard uh, among people just um, in society lamenting the loss of civics education, for example. And I think in some ways it really has made a difference uh, to have the work that you're doing. I would like to mention that I know that a large number of, of uh, institutions are actually drawn to ADP. And if I, I know there's a major conference coming up where at least what, 200 or 250 colleges and universities will participate? Yes, and we usually get over 400 um, college students. And there, this, and that goes beyond our ASCU membership, I'm glad to say. So a very broad uh, section of uh, students, faculty, staff from uh, institutions. We do that in partnership with NASPA, and it's called the Civic Learning and Democratic Engagement, or CLDE, meeting. It'll be in Minneapolis in June. Terry, uh, this is wonderful. Thank you for uh, being part of Newscape uh, today, and, and hopefully in the future we'll have you back. I think of changes and challenges that you mentioned, and, and it's amazing that only three years ago uh, that the students were going across the stage and we're you know, handing out diplomas and shaking hands, and and then and then life changed, and and uh, and so so dramatically changed that I I I feel like having been a board member for many years and a chair for part of that time, I I feel uh, for <laughs> for the board members that are coming in or that have been on since then or before that time that uh, talking about changes and challenges, but you mentioned leading the way uh, or leading. And I think of board members that need to be leading. Uh, it's it's more than ever. Um, and so the challenges to for student success is really dependent upon uh, the the board setting the policies and the the and leading the way. How do you how do you describe now for an incoming board member? Uh, how, how how do you, they meet the cha changes and challenges ahead? Because you you've talked about really uh, online, but which meant in the past brick and mortar, but now we're doing that as well. But there's also a lot of engagement involved. And I think that it's not the standard, uh, let's go to a board meeting and we read our notes and we show up and we go to campus events. I, I think it's going to be much more engaged. What What are your feelings about that? You know, I, I'm glad you asked that because at my last Inst at the institution that I was working at last as, as provost at SUNY Fredonia, we had a local board and then we had a board uh, that was for SUNY. It was the the uh, trustees, the board of trustees for SUNY. Uh, we never had, um, unfortunately, I think in the structure, and I'm, uh, and I'm happy. I, this is my 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 opinion on this, but that board. I mean, there's 64 campuses in SUNY, and that board was pretty much removed from uh, the work on campuses. But we had a local board, and I. Uh, always attended those meetings and had made sure that I, as in my role as provost, was helping that board understand what the challenges were within the academic context. And what I found was board members who cared deeply about student learning, uh, but may needed might needed to have understood about changing dynamics or changing technologies or space issues or but always 
always caring. And I had the same experience, by the way, at the University of Wisconsin uh, system where we were uh, the the uh, provosts and pre and chancellors within the system had a much closer relationship with the board of regents for the entire system. Those regents cared deeply about it. Whatever their perspective were coming from, they cared about students and they cared about student success. And what I, I would hope for every board is that they would be in conversation with the provost at the institution, that that is part of the culture, that they have some relationship and that that provost helps to keep them informed about what the, the dynamics are. I think they need to understand uh, some of the, um, the, uh, they, they, I think they need to be informed about the, the challenges of managing the academic program portfolio uh sometimes boards can think well you got a small program there uh why do you maintain that right just get rid of it um but they need to understand that well eliminating that program may not may not save a whole lot but what you do is then you you've lost that expertise in that particular discipline or the, you know the, the, the difficult dynamics of all of this um i think that that's the role of the the provost and telling that story so that that boards understand clearly what those those challenges are but they and to involve them actually in the problem solving that's that's what i always found board members who are really interested in in helping definitely definitely well you mentioned a regional university uh and and also the community colleges so you're talking about community involvement more than than uh, than most uh, institutions like uh, like we see that are not uh, as, as engaged as regional or community colleges, and so how how do uh, how does the community get involved, and how do you suggest? That? I mean, in the past, there was you know they always were supportive, of course, but how, how what steps are necessary for community leaders now to meet this challenge changes and challenges, and and how do they communicate and relate when it comes to innovation and transformation? I think that that's the that the president and her or his cabinet have to make that an absolute goal uh, of their work to make sure that they are intentional and strategic in communicating and engaging the the community in the work of of the campus. And there are so many different avenues to do that. Asking yourself, where do we see our our community? What are the obstacles to the community engagement on our campus? And and the answer is always parking. (laughs) (laughs) But and if that is the answer, then Let's go to the, we did this at, uh, when I was at the University of Wisconsin River Falls when Don was was the chancellor there. We found that the community just didn't want to come to the campus for some events. So we went to the library and we had our, we had lectures at the library on uh, featuring our faculty in the liberal arts because the, in some ways the community understands what they do over in business. They understand what they're doing over in teacher education and in the College of Agriculture. But what are they doing of interest and relevance in the 
in the College of Arts and Sciences. Well, we had our faculty giving community lectures on issues that really mattered to the community, uh, on the, the, the world issue of the day. We had a historian explain it. We had our geographer who would explain the, 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 the last election. So that's just a small example of where you can engage the community. Then there is making sure that your academic leadership has connections with the business community and that you are um, and you are involving them in the development of curriculum. That is not happening on enough campuses. We see I've seen. Uh, where I've seen it most successful is in teacher education, where developing programming in teacher education, faculty have invited superintendents and principals and teachers on teams to create curriculum. And what a difference the, that makes when you have faculty who may not have taught for 20 years, who may not have observed student teaching, working side by side with someone who's in the classroom. I think it's the same model for other kind of curriculum that should be developed. I think it needs to be seamless. Um, and you, you can build that through great partnerships and, and relationships from the top down. Terry, you were just making comments a moment ago, among many, but toward the end about teacher education. And that's another one of the, of the substantial legs of academic innovation and transformation at ASCU. Um, we we both know that um, ASCU institutions educate most of the teachers in our country and the disproportionate impact they have on the lives of the country is inestimable. But as you look at teacher education from your perspective, national view, et cetera, uh, there are there are sure surely are some major challenges. Do you see do you see light down the end of this track? Don, I. I'm someone who tries to see light at the end of every single track, right? <laughs> so, and there are a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of dark tunnels right now. <laughs> uh, but on this one, I, um, it, it will take federal, uh, I, I believe it's going to take a, a federal, um, for the, for the United States uh, government to do to do something big in this area. Uh, that's why we have the Educators for America Act. We need legislation that's going to help the states. We need the work to be done at the state level. And we're going to need work done within at the universities, in their communities, in the school districts, because we have a, we had a teacher shortage before the pandemic that has been seriously worsened by the effect of the pandemic. And we're seeing it in subject area vacancies, and we're seeing it in the data that we're recovering from state and school districts. Uh, we're seeing it in the declining numbers of, of students going into teacher prep programs. And the reason the reasons are multiple, but have to do with low pay, low respect, uh, you know, the, the work environment, et cetera. And the only way we're going to address this is with multiple angles and cooperation at multiple levels. Um, so I'm hopeful we're doing advocacy at ASCII. We have partnered with four other national agencies and legislation has been introduced by um, Senator Reed uh, from Rhode Island and Representative Adams from 
North Carolina. They've introduced the Educators for America Act. Um, I believe that that's, I'm hopeful for that. We seem to be seeing some indications that there might be bipartisan support for it. Um, but that's one, one area. And then we're going to need to, and ask you, we'll be partnering with other partners nationally um, to look at this as a community issue and helping our campuses, uh, partnering with their communities to address the teacher shortage. So I have to be hopeful because there's no, there's no, there's no option here. We're, we're talking about the situation is people don't want unprepared teachers teaching their kids. They don't want 19 year olds teaching uh, or 18 year olds teaching 16 year olds. Yes, yes. And again, this this conversation could take us in a number of, of directions. I know our time is is now limited. Something you're pointing out in your comments, Terry, that I would just like to reflect on. One is that ASCU is recognized nationally as a great collaborator. And many of the programs you've discussed over the last 30 minutes or so really link ASCU with institutions, with other organizations, even global organizations. ASCU really is kind of like a natural collaborator. And I think it's one of the reasons why it is successful. And also I wanna mention, I think Terry exemplifies this, um, Mark, and what she's been saying and what she's been doing for, for many, many years. And that is, there is no substitute for leadership. And I think that ASCU recognizes that. And I believe one of its great contributions is the consistent opportunity to develop leadership at every level from emerging to senior. And I know right now, Terry is heading a very important program called the Academy for New Provosts where brand new provosts have the opportunity to um, meet people from around the country that are doing similar work, to learn from people who've had more experience and to be able to express their concerns in an environment where it's safe and where they can actually get the kind of counsel that's useful. That devotion to leadership development is a, a dimension of ASCU and of Terry's work, I think, that really stands out. So, Terry, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today. And as Mark had said earlier, we're looking forward to, at the appropriate time, if you'd come back and join us and we could go on a little bit. I had about 16 more questions for you, but I'll keep them in the can. And Mark, uh, back to you. Terry, thank you for uh, your support and uh, years of, of, of challenging us, <laughs> challenging the system uh, throughout the country. Uh, we appreciate leaders like yourself, uh, and we need you uh, and, and Don and others to continue your, your efforts. Appreciate, again, the passion you carry forward and the energy you carry forward. And we hope to carry that to, as I asked about the boards and the community and, and, and others, we and especially the success of the student. That's the main goal. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Great to have you on Newscape today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you both for the invitation. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us for the conversation. Make sure to visit our website at newscape.us. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it.